The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to episode number 159 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. In this episode, which is part of our Women in Civil Engineering series, I will be talking with Melody Gonzalez, a civil engineer at Black & Veatch, about how she went from an immigrant single mother to a successful civil engineer. And today, she's not only living the American dream, but she truly is inspiring many people. And I hope this episode inspires you. I am your host, Anthony Fasano, a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. Before we get started with this episode, I do want to make a couple of announcements on some content and some training programs that we have coming out that I think will be really helpful to civil engineering professionals. You may have heard me talk about our popular engineering management accelerator people skills course in the past. Well, we've upgraded the course and EMA version 2.0 will be launching in late February. It will still include the live skill building sessions on goal setting, effective communication skills for engineers, how to build expertise and master public speaking, time management and productivity, and networking and building relationships. However, in this newer version of the course, we are adding more support features. The application assignments will now include an audio guide. There will be regular office hours or Q&A calls that all participants will have access to for up to one year after they take the course. And you will have access to chat with other participants and our instructors online should questions arise after the sessions. There will also be an on-demand version available. Because seats in the live session will be limited, we will be opening up an early bird list for our listeners, for which I will provide the sign-up URL on an upcoming episode. I hope you will consider upgrading your people leadership skills with us through our EMA program. I also want to mention that we've created a couple of resources for those of you out there either seeking your FE or your PE license. We've created two new YouTube channels, Pass the FE Exam and Pass the PE Exam, And we did this because we get so many questions on those exams each week through our website. We wanted to answer them in the form of content. You can find all of that information on our new website dedicated to FE and PE exam preparation, pepasspoint.com. That's pepasspoint.com. Now let me tell you a little bit more about our guest, Melody Gonzalez. Melody is a project engineer for the water division at Black & Veatch in their Coral Gables office, where she focuses on delivering sustainable solutions to provide safe drinking water and effective wastewater management through innovations in vital infrastructure to the community. Melody, originally from Venezuela, graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering in 2018 from Florida International University. While a student, Melody worked as leader of the Engineers on Wheels program for the Wall of Wind, where she influenced the life of K-12 students with the goal of increasing the percentage of engineering students at the college level, which is awesome. 
Melanie has a long list of accomplishments that we will share in the episode show notes, but really what she has above all else is drive and determination. And you're about to hear that come through in this interview. It was truly inspiring to me, and I hope it really gets you excited about what we do as civil engineers and what we're capable of doing as human beings if we really put our mind to it. Let's dive into our civil engineering conversation of the week with Melody Gonzalez. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now I'm excited to welcome on our guest to the podcast today. Melody Gonzalez is a project engineer at Black and & Veatch in their water division. Melody, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Hi, how are you? Thank you for inviting me. Melody, I introduced you earlier on in the show here, but in your own words, can you just describe for our audience what it is that you do on a daily basis at Black & Veatch? Well, besides a bunch of emails back and forth, <laughs> I work in the water division, so I focus on getting water-related projects, water infrastructure projects, finding sustainable solutions for our clients in the community. Most of my projects are here in South Florida, but I have worked in other places in the United States. I mean, we reached out to you because we saw your article on LinkedIn that, that was a real hit. And the article is entitled, How I Went from a Single Mom to an Engineer Living the American Dream, which has had an amazing response. And ultimately, what you go on to talk about in the article is you ended up in the United States with no family, no career, not knowing the language. Um, You were a single mom. You had $300 in your pocket. And then you kind of decided to take this first step towards making some life adjustments. Maybe you could start there. Tell us about how you were at that point and what inspired you to decide, hey, I need to make a change here? Well, being a single mom, I have two kids. I mean, I knew how to speak English, to go to the supermarket, uh, to do the little things that we do in the daily basis. But to go to school is something different. So I needed to go back to college and learn proper English to be able to go to school. It was very difficult. The mindset that you need to have to go out of your conform zone and jump into a new life that you don't know how it's going to be, you don't know it's tough. And then being an immigrant and not knowing um, not just the language, but the system and everything, it's complicated. So it takes a lot of courage. But besides that, it takes a lot of commitment because you need to make a lot of little sacrifice every day. It's not about the big goal that you have, but the every day, the the sacrificing making dinner or starting for the test. Those little decisions every day, I think, is what is harder. My kids are, have always been very important for me, but it was not just about showing them that it was doable, but it was also for myself, for my pride. I wanted, I studied petroleum engineering back in Venezuela. So being here and not being able to do anything else, it was very frustrating. So I needed to do this for myself too. And you make a really important point there. I mean, a lot of times we have goals, but what people forget is that you can have a big goal, but to get there, there's things you have to do every single day for a long time. So it's like consistent steps, consistent action. And if you don't take those steps every day, getting to that goal is going to be difficult. And I want to just real quickly here, Melody, read a couple of sentences from part of the article when you talked about when you were making this decision, kind of what to do next. And and I'll quote it here. That same day, I decided that I would be the only person in charge of my success and happiness. And I wasn't going to wait for anyone or anything to miraculously fix everything for me. 
Since then, my mindset shifted to a go-getter, war-fighting kind of woman. I've always been a bit of an overachiever, but for some reason, after my kids were born, I thought my professional life was over. Maybe it was because that is what society expects from you as a woman. Maybe I thought my fighting days were behind me. The pressure to be a full-time star mom is enormous, especially when your kids are very young, but certainly I wanted to be that star mom nonetheless. I knew I needed to make some life adjustments, not just for my children, but for myself, my own well-being, my self-esteem, and my pride. And so this is part of a, a series that we're doing called Women in Civil Engineering, and my wife's a, a civil engineer as well, so we talk about this a lot. But maybe, you know, that's a, what you said there is I think something that a lot of women have to sometimes overcome in their own minds is that, you know, maybe if society has a picture that they think they're supposed to fit into, but they don't want to, it requires you to really, in your words, you were saying, kind of be a fighter and go get what you want. You need to fight every day with the other moms at schools that are just thinking that you are not doing enough because you are not making a three-course lunch for the kids at school or you are not in every single uh, practice every single day or you don't have the kids in five different tutoring classes. So I, to me, that wasn't possible. I make a really good a balance, but it wasn't sacrifice of my personal life. For example, I, this is very funny because I used to take the kids to the zoo, but I bring all my books with me. <laughs> so the kids were playing at the zoo and I was in a table with all my books, a computer, don't get close to me, I have a test tomorrow. <laughs> so that was everywhere, swimming classes, whatever else, basketball practice. So all the other moms were there on the phone, talking, you know, socializing, and I was just, don't bother me, I have a quiz, I have a test, I need to study. Yeah, I was involved and I, I was actually a volunteer and I still are a volunteer for the Miami Day public country school, it's not the way that maybe other moms do it. I choose, pick and choose the activities that I feel that are more important, and those are the ones that I volunteer. I like volunteering and giving a talk for the school, uh, for the sergeant fair or for the competition or stuff like that, but I don't typically volunteer for every day for little stuff. It takes a lot of commitment, like I was saying. You need to be sure what are your priorities so what other people are thinking about you don't affect you that much. What kind of balance did you have when you were trying to raise your kids and become an engineer and studying? And you kind of just explained it. You know, you have to pick certain things. Sometimes you can do something. Sometimes you can't. You have to balance it out. And I do think, too, that when you raise kids, I mean, I have three kids. I think when they see you working like that, it also can be inspiring to them to say, hey, you know, mom said she's going to become an engineer and she's studying wherever she has to study. There's nothing that's really stopping her from doing that. I think that's very powerful for kids to see that. There is also uh, the other stuff in the house. Sometimes I needed to clean the house late at night because that was the only time that I had. My kids were a very good support on that because they learned to do a lot of things in the house because we needed to tackle the daily stuff and as a team. So they know already how to do a lot of a house chore, clean, laundry, or because we have to work out together as a team to be able to make it happen. Some days I have to sacrifice for them. I have to, they had a, a birthday party and I needed to go. 
and I needed to be there for them. But some days they needed to come with me to the engineering center, to the school, because I had a test or I had an activity and they needed to be with me. So it, the balance is there. It's a decision. It's a daily decision every day. What's the activity today and what are the important things that we need to get done? And it's not 50-50 all the time. Some days are 90 for me, 10 for them. Some days are 70 for them, 30 for me. Other days might be a constant battle. And it's still, it's still today. Right now, they're taking classes in the table next to me. So it is what it is. <laughs> Sometimes when you have parents that are working and kids have to do more things on their own, they just become more independent, right? They learn how to become mature quicker because they have to. There's no options for them, right? They have to get involved. They have to step up. And I think that's only going to benefit them in the long term. And I think one of the things that we have to kind of remember here in your situation, Melody, and of course, we'll link to the full article if you'd like to read Melody's story, but you had a lot of obstacles to overcome. It wasn't just saying, hey, I decided I wanted to become an engineer. And, you know, in the world of civil engineering, there are much less women than men, right? So that could be a challenge for someone in terms of confidence. But you had to deal with learning English, being in a country that was unfamiliar to you becoming a single mom, a whole bunch of challenges kind of thrown at you at the same time, which really can kind of compound, you know, the difficulty and the challenges that you had to overcome, balancing the jobs, classes, the school involvement, everything that you kind of talked about. So once you decided to become an engineer, talk a little bit about your approach, because I know from the article that you had a really clear plan on how you wanted to achieve that goal. What were some of the steps you took once you decided, I want to be an engineer? First, it was the learning English. That was the first step. To be honest, I wasn't the person or the initial planner. My mentor at Miami Day College was the person who sat with me and said, where do you want to go and what do you want to do? And then we had not only one plan, we actually had three different options, two different routes, a short term, a medium, and a long term a plan. And the long term was becoming an engineer. And that's the one that I decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it because I'm going to try it. If I don't get it, if I don't get there, I will say that I'll try my best and for sure I will be much better than what I was at that point. I went for it, but she was the one who guided me and to say that I needed to take the SAT, then apply to college. I didn't even understand what was the difference between college and university. I, in Venezuela, you it's university and kind of that's it. It's everything goes under the same umbrella. I didn't know the difference. So she was the one who told me those kind of things and we together laid out the plan to become an engineer. So it was learning English, then taking the SAT at Miami Dade College. And then and I remember very well when she said, you need to get 4.0 because you have nothing else to offer. I graduated from high school in Venezuela, so I didn't have anything else. My SAT was good enough to get into college, but it wasn't excellent. I, my English skills were not as good as maybe it is right now. But I'm still learning, but still writing and the reading, the math was much better, but still. And I didn't have any school involvement. I didn't have anything else. So she said, you need to get 4.0 to be able to transfer to college. and they can see that you promise something else because you don't have anything else. So I killed myself for that point, 4.0 and I actually got it. So when I got it, the 4.0, I 
two kids and no knowing the language. There were professors that I didn't even understand. I, I remember there was one in particular that I have to record him so that I can play it later and try to understand, read the book and try to understand what the guy was saying because he speaks so fast. You can really accomplish anything if you put your mind to it. I mean, again, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to interview Melody for the podcast because it's a very inspirational story. I mean, there's probably a lot of civil engineers out there that have wanted to do things or that want to do things in their career, but for whatever reason, whether it's language barriers, confidence, maybe they're not going to do it, but if they listen to your story, maybe they will try to do it. And you said something in the article specifically, you said, I created a five-year plan to become an engineer in the United States. To be honest, I thought I was reaching for the impossible, but I told myself I would give it my best effort. And if it didn't work out the way I was planning, at least I would end up further ahead than I currently was. And I mean, that's a really good approach because you know, if it doesn't work out, you're still learning skills. You're still doing things that are going to make you better. And I know that you said a few times, and I want to ask you about this a little bit more, about your mentors or you're having a mentor through this process. Because I do think that a mentor is very important for engineers at all experience levels and all ages, right? Because there's always someone that has done more than you or has been where you're at and they can help you. Talk a little bit about how you found a mentor. Like what made you say, I need to find a mentor, how that all worked out? My first English teacher was my, the first person who guided me to, you can improve. He was the one who saw the potential on me and said, you're so smart. You were studying engineering in Venezuela. I see how you are. Why don't you go and get a career and not just get a job? And I was like, I'm never going to be able to learn English enough to get into college. So she was the one who recommended me to go to Miami-Dade College, where I found my second mentor. And my second mentor was the one who recommended me to transfer to FIU and to go to university. At the beginning, I feel that it was luck or providence, however you want to call it, that put those people on my way to give me the, the advice that I needed. I needed a lot of confidence because I didn't have it at, at that point. And then when I understood how important and how that changed my life, then I actively started looking for those people and making those connections. So once I got to, to university, I found my mentor there, Joanna, and I actually spoke to her and I said, I need your advice. I don't need you just to be that a person at school that is going to guide you in your classes, but I need career advice. And she became my mentor there. And after that, I have gotten other mentors in my career right now. I have technical mentors and professional mentors inside Black and Beach and outside Black and Beach. I think it's priceless after what I learned and how those people helped me to change my life and to become what I'm right now. I have a much better appreciation of my much better understanding and actually became a mentor myself. Because I mentoring students that were in the same situation that I was, learning English and thinking that maybe they can transfer to a university, but they're not sure. So they are trying to follow the same path or their own path, but on the direction that I went. And I have been trying to guide them with my knowledge and my experience, telling them, this is what I did, this is what I, how I did it. Maybe you can try if it worked for you or ask you so-and-so. I feel like it's, like you say, we can do it at any time. We can do it in different phases on our life and professional career. 
And you don't need to be a CEO to be a mentor. In any stage, you can be a mentor for the person behind you. To me, it's priceless. I advise everybody. And it's a, a both way. I, sometimes I learn things from the people that I'm helping. And even I had a conversation with one of my first mentors just a few weeks ago after the article came out. And she said, I have learned so much from you two that I didn't know. I have guide people to go to university the same way that I did with you. But you have taken my advice to a different level that have helped me to understand also everything else. And I have been able to guide other people because of you, because of my feedback. And to me, that was like, it's great. I feel that my mentors are learning from me too. That feels awesome. And it's great that you were able to, like you said, you kind of found those mentors by word of mouth and by people making connections for you at the beginning. And then once you realized the value in that, you made it a point to really seek out mentors going forward, which is, I think is a great message. And honestly, I think it's great that you became a mentor. I think that's really a sign of a, a truly a good, caring person, someone like you that has so much going on in your life, you still make the time to mentor other people. And I think that that's great. And that's, a, that's also a powerful message. So Melody, in the article you wrote, you said, I think the difference between success and failure is the ability to see one's fears and weaknesses and still push through to overcome them to achieve a higher goal. You did that, obviously. You pushed through a lot of challenges that you had and you achieved amazing goals. How has that impacted kind of your overall confidence just in your career and in life now, being that you went through all that and you achieved a big goal? To be honest, everything to me at the beginning was really terrifying. And even now, I hear one time another engineer saying that you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I feel like this touch on that. But yeah, I mean, taking the SAT to me was terrifying. I barely knew English at the point and I was so sure that I wouldn't pass it. I actually took it twice because I was sure there was absolutely no way. I even told my mentor when she told me to take it, I said, are you insane? You know, I'm not going to pass. I don't know how to speak English. I don't, I'm not. And I said, okay, I'm going to take it. And if I don't pass, you, <laughs> I'm going to prove you that I cannot, that I won't get the, the score. I was sure that I wouldn't. So it's, I took it twice because I arrived back home and I just registered thinking there's absolutely no way. So I registered again before getting the scores. And it had been like that the whole time the, when I transferred to uh, Miami Day College, being there in the classroom with so many teenagers or post-teenagers, it was overwhelming. And the day that I transferred to FIU, Still, and I feel that it's the same way every day, every time that you change pace and go to do something new. The first day that you're starting your first internship, the day that you're starting a new job, and, and in your life too, the day that you have your first son. And <laughs> How did you keep pushing through those feelings of being uncomfortable, being scared? Like, how, What made you go back and keep going and do the next thing? If you are just afraid and you don't do it, you're never going to move anywhere. I was afraid. And what's the worst thing that can happen? Fail? I mean, I'm here already. I'm already in the other side. So I need to try. To me, there wasn't an option. Like I have to do it and I have to do it. It's, so even though I was scared and, and I didn't let those feelings to paralyze me, I said, I'm going to try. If I have to try 
two, three, four times. I will learn every time that I try. I'm hoping I'll do better next time. You have to have a mindset like that. Yeah, you need to keep going. You need to do, to achieve the. Uh, to me, it wasn't a matter of how fast I would do it, but I will do it. If it take me longer, and if I have to try three or four times, I'll try three or four times and ten times. But I am gonna keep moving. It's not how fast, but actually getting there. I think the idea of like pushing through someone's fear is a good idea, but I think it's hard like to explain to someone how you can actually do that. Cause then when they get there, they're like, I'm really scared. But I think what you said is helpful and you can take the approach of what's the worst thing that could happen to me. I miss it. I start over again. I learn something else and I try something new. And so I think creating a mindset like that and having some self-talk around that is very helpful when you get into a situation that's can be very intimidating. Before we jump into our hot seat segment, just one last question for you here. You know, there's a lot of women in civil engineering that listen to the podcast that maybe have goals. They may not be as confident because they feel like, you know, there's not as many women around them in the workplace and they don't have that confidence. What would you tell them? What message do you have for them based on your experience? We women are very capable, all of us. We go through many challenges during our life, the family, the, the expectation that everybody has for us, going to school. If you already went to school and graduated, you are ready for it. Just time, do you and be the best that you can be and be able to open, so you can be able to open doors for other people behind you. If you are the only woman in the room, that's perfect, but that means that you are very valuable. The value that you bring to the table when nobody else like you is priceless. So just be confident that you know what you are doing, know your abilities, and shine. Don't be scared to speak up. Don't be scared to speak up, right? And believe that you have something to offer because everybody has something to offer, right? And you have to believe in yourself and take action. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to put Melody on the civil engineering hot seat and we're going to finish it off. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. We're back with Melody Gonzalez, project engineer for Black and Beach in their water division. She shared her inspiring story of how she immigrated to the U.S. She had $300 to her name. She was a single parent with two boys, but she had a goal of becoming an engineer. And today she is a civil engineer and she's doing some great work down in Florida. All right, Melody, it's time for the hot seat. You ready to go? Ready. All right. First question. Are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific routine in the morning or lunchtime or just something that you do daily that contributes to your success? Every day is different. Every day have different challenge. The only thing is to tackle every day according to your priorities. You have different deadlines. So every day is something different. Some days are more uh, making breakfast for the kids because that's important. And some days I have deadlines and I need to wake up super early to work on whatever I'm doing. And it just depends. I don't have a set routine. I just have very clear priorities. That's one of your strengths is that you're able to really adapt to different things, which I think is important as a civil engineer and as a parent. So for both of those reasons. All right, next question. What is one book that you might recommend to engineers or just a book that you found to be helpful in your personal Professional development. 
I love reading. Absolutely love reading. I have read so many books and I read in Spanish and English too. So I don't have one in specific, but I will tell people in general the I have read few books in leadership and I think all are amazing and all of them you can get something good. I feel that you should read at least one that resonates with you and with your leadership style because at some point, even if you don't realize you're going to be a leader for someone else. So it's good that you understand how to work and how you can impact someone else. And how does someone like you that's so busy find the time to read? I read at night before going to bed. And I also have a very long commute. My office, well, right now I'm working from home, but my office is in, it's an hour from my house. So, and I have to drop off the kids near my house to go to school. And then I have a, like I'm saying, a long drive. So I'm getting now into the audio book. It's not ideal for me. I like the book. I'm old school on that. I like the feeling the paper in my hand and smelling the ink, but it's, you need to adapt. All right. I've got one final question for you, Melody. We call it the civil engineering career elevator advice question. So if you got into an elevator with a civil engineer and you had like 30 to 40 seconds with him or her to give them one piece of career advice in 30 seconds, what would you tell that civil engineer? Networking is key. Everybody else that works with you, everybody else that is in your profession can be a good opportunity for you to increase the amount of people that you reach. I feel like networking needs so much more than what a lot of people think. It's not just about knowing people, but it's about making impactful connections with people, people that you can trust, people that trust you. So I think the networking needs is crucial. It can open door for you that you don't even know where they are. It can open door for someone else that you know, because sometimes people reach out to you for recommendation. So I feel that networking is something really, really important. I mean, everything else, you need to stay up to date with the current codes, with the changes in the industry. I feel like civil engineering in general is very fluid. It's always progressing. But networking, I feel that it's something that a lot of people oversee. I found very, very important. And I'm sure that's how you found some of those mentors too, through networking. Exactly. And not just that, a lot of news opportunities. And not just, I don't feel that you have to networking only when you're looking for a job. I'm not. I love the company. I love Black and Beach. I love the culture that we have in Black and Beach and the team that I have here in South Florida. But networking have helped me to find opportunities in other areas that I also love working, outreach and outreach activity. I have an engineer from the AGCE reaching out because there were some students that needed to interview a civil engineer. And because she knew me for the, from the article, she reached out and said, hey, would you be willing to do this? And otherwise, I would have never get to that person. It's, I don't even know where that person is located. Everything was through email. So I feel like those are the kind of connections that I want to do because it's going to help me to other people and maybe inspire someone else. You're definitely an inspiration for, I think, all civil engineers and, and all women and, and parents and a lot of people because you've overcome many things in your life to do great things and you're still pursuing new goals and you're still networking and you're still meeting new people. 
So thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to come on the Civil Engineering Podcast and tell your story. And I'm sure that it's going to inspire a lot of our listeners. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Melody Gonzalez. She really is an inspiration. And again, it just goes to show you that oftentimes what holds us back in our careers is our own limiting beliefs. I mean, she easily could have gave up at any time through her journey, but she kept going and she continues to do so. And it's not easy. And she said that, but a lot of things that are worthwhile aren't easy. And I really wanted to share her story because I thought it was an important one. So please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode 159. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in this episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. I also mentioned that we are upgrading our Engineering Management Accelerator People Skills course. Version 2.0 will be launching in late February with some new and improved support benefits like a chat, like regular office hours where you can get help with some of your people skills and transferring what you've learned in our course back to the job. And we also have a new website that's dedicated to helping engineers and students navigate the FE and PE exam processes. And you can find that at pepasspoint.com. We have YouTube channels for each exam with weekly videos just to help you ultimately achieve your PE license because we really do think it's important. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.